Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, what I wanted to talk about today was something that has occurred to me going through some of the readings that I've done that you've recommended to me throughout the course of doing this cast. I've read some stuff from John Paul II, the, um, some of the encyclicals you have mentioned, and I've also read The Fourth Cup. And one of the things that have come across in a lot of different examples is that a lot of people who are born in the faith tend to take it for granted. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, including for one of your radio shows where you interview priests, is that a lot of priests didn't grow up Catholic, but because it's... The only example I can think of this is like a magnet. The further the piece of metal is from the magnet, the faster its impact speed will be when it finally gets to it. So if you start halfway from it, you only build up half of the maximum speed as if you started furthest away from it. And the magnet being the faith in Christ and seeing that how how great it can be if you're in there. And the only thought that I can come to about why people who are born into the faith aren't getting that full immersion that they should, as shown by the fact that, you know, less and less people are going to church, is that we have to be taking it for granted. And what I would like to do is kind of sit down, put the brakes on and figure out why we're taking stuff for granted and how to prevent that because... As I'm looking around, I think that that's a common plague that we're inherently doing that we're not noticing we're doing it because of the nature of taking stuff for granted. So with that being said, I wanted to start the cast down that direction and go from there. Yeah, and uh, I always like to provide counterexamples it's kind of in my nature to not give in to over over generalizations or something like that i mean just to say it's an interesting question when i was uh i became i started going to a bible study when i was a sophomore in college and then kind of the summer after my junior year in college had really become fully committed Christian going to mass. And the girl that I was dating at the time said, well, now that you have this experience of conversion, you know, and you see people that have raised their children Catholic and have fallen away from the faith, like, what would you do? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't even pause very much to think about that. You know, of, of course I would raise my children Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course I would do that. I would give them the best thing that I've ever received as soon as they can handle it. You know? So uh, one should never draw the conclusion that it's somehow better to be a convert and so we shouldn't raise our children in the faith. Uh, but, and I'll come back to your image about the magnet, but the, uh, I, I, and I know, and I, and I'm, you know, I have a certain envy, a holy envy. I'm not uh, angry about it or anything. But, but people who never had a time in their life when they didn't know the Hail Mary, they can't remember a time in their life 
when they didn't know the Hail Mary, when they didn't know the Our Father. I see uh, a friend of mine does Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which starts with three-year-olds, three-year-olds. And three-year-olds spend two hours in an atrium focused on prayer and, and holy works. It's amazing. You think it's not possible. Mm-hmm. I watch it happen every week. <laughs> and so, and and they develop, you know, three-year-olds who have been baptized have a living relationship with God who is living in them, in their souls. He's living in them. We have this idea, we correlate faith with intelligence too much. And so we have this idea that faith doesn't really develop until you get ideas about it and you can reason through it and you can be sophisticated about it and express it. Hogwash. Faith is about relationship. And we are made for relationship from the moment of our conception. And so they already have a relationship with God through baptism. And it's just finding a developmentally appropriate way to express and grow in that relationship that's necessary. So uh, Maria Montessori, for whom the Montessori method of education is named, and her friend Sophia Cavalletti developed this catechesis form called Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which helps children starting at the age of three to develop their relationship with God. And it's phenomenal. I look at that and I think, man, I wish I had had that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd love to be in a place that I didn't have really even any memory of not being in explicitly in relationship with God. I mean, what a gift. And to actually enter into the Mass. And these children... They know what the epiclesis is in the Mass. They know why the vestments are the way that they are. They know when, you know, what's, what's happening, the way that the Good Shepherd is giving himself to feed his flock that he knows by name. Three, four, five years old, they know all this stuff, you know. Let's be ashamed of that. All of us who are listening and don't know the words that I just used, three, four, and five-year-olds know all of that if they're in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So, uh, we have so much now. The fact is that we've had a real deficit in catechesis. We've had a lot of parents uh, who didn't know the faith themselves well enough or who depended on a religious system that kind of crumbled apart and then they weren't able to pick up the pieces. And, and we've, had a, we've had a big gap, a couple of generations of people who aren't really well formed in the faith. And so when we only have a superficial appreciation of the faith, when it's not a living faith, a relationship with a real, a living person, uh, or three living persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then it's, it's easy to lose uh, sight of why that's important. It becomes just another activity that naturally we start to question when we're teenagers and we question everything, or when we're adults and we start to get busy with different things and we have to prioritize and religion just doesn't mean that much to us, and so we prioritize it out. So, so that's part of that's one wave of. Now, that's not the question you asked me, but that's uh, <laughs> some commentary you got anyway. Uh, you know, that's one wave of the thing is not even so much that we that we take that we can't take it for granted, or, or that we take it for granted. It's that we never knew it to begin with. Uh, so, now there is also the case. So, let me use myself as an example. Uh, I I certainly take the faith for granted way too much. I need to keep renewing in myself. I mean, I've celebrated Mass every day for the last 15 years without exception. A day has not gone by that I have not celebrated Mass. I, I cannot claim to you that I have had the equal level of attention every day that I've celebrated Mass. I mean, 
that's just the reality. There's a whole lot of things that interfere when I didn't get any sleep the night before, mm-hmm. when I'm sick, when I'm uh, distracted, when there's, there are important things that are weighing on my heart. Now, nothing is more important than Jesus, but in my weak, limited humanity, sometimes I get caught up in things that, that stir up my anxiety and my attention in a way that I take my attention off of what's most important. And I repent of that, and I try to grow in that, and I need to be renewed in that. It's one of the reasons that that all priests and religious are required by canon law to make at least a five-day retreat every year. We need to be renewed in that. And we also need to take times in prayer every day and times in prayer every month in a deeper way, and we need to be renewed in our understanding of what's really important. We, we, tend, we have a tendency to give oil to the squeaky hinge, as they say, mm-hmm. in your business. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, and, and God doesn't squeak very loudly and because he really wants us to be free. He doesn't like to pressure us. He doesn't want us to do things out of guilt. He doesn't want to you know, force us into devotion and prayer and the practice of the faith because he wants it to be really free. And in order to leave us free, he doesn't squeak as loudly. Now, the devil squeaks very loudly. He creates all kinds of problems, and he stirs up a lot of attention, and he tries to gain, uh, draw us to himself and, and can really distort our priorities. So it's important for us to take times that we step back and we look at our lives and we reevaluate what's most important, and we choose to put God first. And in doing that, it has a way of bearing out the importance of it. When we put God first again, we start to remember, oh yeah, everything goes better when I put God first. I've been making, I've been quoting C.S. Lewis a lot recently because I love this quote. He says, when you put first things first, you get second things as well. But when you put second things first, you lose both first and second. And that's what happens when we start to lose our priority, when we don't put God first, when we choose the things of the world first, we're going to lose all of them anyway. And if we didn't put God first, we're certainly going to lose him as well. If we put God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. It's what Jesus said. We should try it. See what happens. What happens if we put God first, if we prioritize him over other things that are good and valuable, not even just sinful? Uh, what happens if we prioritize them first? So uh, these are all different aspects of that tendency to uh, take things for granted, to not really to not realize what we have until it's gone, uh, to prioritize other things over religion, over our prayer, over our relationship with God. So a lot of different things drag us down. There's a certain, because of our sinful, uh, our nature, which has been corrupted by sin, by original sin, um, we're, we always have that gravitational pull toward selfishness, uh, toward ourselves. And we have to keep making choices to move out of ourselves and choose God and choose to put others first as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that 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 is a great introduction there. And I can tell you that, you know, we've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now. And to try and do that, 
I know that I spent a cast um, about a month or so ago trying to say the tangible benefits of it, and you do find them. I mean, there, there's definitely you know some some realness there, and there's subtle changes, but they make all the difference. And it's I I don't know how to describe it. Like it's not going to be a a massive night and day thing, but it's gonna it's gonna be subtle and change outlooks. And one of the things about people that going off of the conversation that we had last cast and just as a general human nature thing, for one reason or another, we tend to start mirroring each other you know, in terms of, of emotional output. So if you're around people who are all depressed and sad all the time, guess what? You're eventually going to become a Debbie Downer sad and depressed all the time. And if you're around people who are happy and positive, That'll rub off on you as well. And the only way I can describe it is that's your relationship with everyone else. Well, your relationship with Jesus has the same thing. You know, and and you get a piece that comes out that is an underlying that makes everything else better. And, you know, like I said, you, you, don't, you don't notice these types of things right away. You know, had a conversation the other day that says, you know, I appreciate that you know you're not as angry as you were every day you used to come home from work, but it's still there. You know it's better, and I appreciate you're getting better. You're working on it, but essentially, you just replaced it with the old boss with now the new boss, and you need to kind of figure out why that is. And you know that it was kind of an eye opener because it wasn't as bad. The new boss isn't as bad as the old boss, but still seeing there and kind of bringing up those, well, what about it is you that's impacting them as well? Because every relationship's a two-way street. So that's a little digression going off of your digression kind of away from our original point here. Um, but but I think that, that you're bringing up some really good stuff about how people just didn't know the faith enough to teach their kids and they didn't get the building blocks and foundation the way that they should have. And you mentioned our deteriorating education system with the religious practices and just wanted to kick off some ways for those of us who aren't out at St. Vincent's that we can teach those us around us to become closer and stop taking the things for granted that we are mostly the, the fun of love as, as you so eloquently put it in the cast before. Yeah, and, and just to say, uh, to follow up on your comment, Joe, about the tangible benefits of uh, of our faith, of, of our religious practice, you know, it is it is a little bit like, and I like how you described it, it kind of, it, it emerges over time. Uh, and in it, one simple way of describing it is, it's actually becoming who we were made to be. It's living according to our nature. And then to describe that further, it makes me think of nutrition. You know, it's like when you stop eating junk food, you know, for somebody who eats like a bag of chips a day or uh, maybe you uh, eat all this snack food, maybe you never have a nourishing diet, maybe you never have, I don't know, vegetables or fruits or certain, certain kind of vitamin or something like that, and you start bringing balance to that and you start bringing appropriate eating habits and you let your body actually digest things and and also your stomach get empty and then you put good things into it and 
you just start to feel great after a while because you're doing, you're living in accord with your nature. The fact is that we don't get to define how our bodies work. We don't get to define our human nature. It, it's already defined for us. God made us in a certain way, and we can live in accord with that or we can live against that. And part of living in our nature is having a relationship with God. Our souls are made to worship. Our hearts are made for love. When we feed ourselves with our own preferences and putting our own pleasure and power and money and, and prestige first, and when we, when we just become self-saturated, we get sick. I mean, it really makes us emotionally, psychologically, and even physically sick, spiritually sick. And just to, to reorient that, and like you described very nicely, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Just like any sickness doesn't go away overnight, whether it's, you know, blood poisoning because we're eating badly or the kind of corruption, the plaque and, and toxic buildup that happens in our system when we're eating stuff that we shouldn't eat, you know, or the spiritual toxic buildup that happens when we're spending time with people or doing things or cultivating attitudes, a lot of bitterness and negativity and cynicism and all this kind of stuff in our hearts. And when we reinforce that with people, it makes us sick. And so as we start to choose what is good, which begins with drinking in God's love, going to that fount, taking time in prayer, spending time with the Lord, reading the scriptures, spending time with good people, and turning our hearts towards him in worship, you know, when we start doing that, slowly the toxins start to enter, uh, pour out of us, empty out of us, and we start to fill our hearts with a lot of goodness. And then we start to feel good. It feels good to do good and, uh, and to get rid of all of that toxic bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, there are real tangible benefits. Now, to dis dis differentiate or distinguish based on what we said last time, we don't do all of this merely for those tangible benefits. Yeah. If we do, then we'll end up playing into that self-centeredness, which is precisely the problem. If we just worship God for our own sake then ultimately we're worshiping ourselves. It's not really worshiping God. So uh, we promise, you know, we can take our eyes off of all of those personal benefits because we trust God will take care of that. Those things will fill in. Choose first things first and you get second as well. Choose second things first and you lose both first and second. So when we put God first, he'll take care of the other stuff. And it's nice for us to be able to witness, wow, when I put God first, these are all the positive benefits that it had. It emptied out those toxins. It cleared up my heart. It brought a lot of peace. I had joy, fulfillment, satisfaction with my life. It improved my relationships. Uh, all these kind of happy side effects. They're side effects. They're not the, the end in themselves. They're side effects. But if we allow them to be side effects, sure, lots of great things happen. And we can be encouraged by that. You know, it's a sign that we're going in the right direction. But we have to keep putting God first and sacrifice ourselves. And ultimately, you know, there is a path of putting God first that leads us to martyrdom. Now, martyrdom doesn't feel good. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good. 
There's nothing about being tortured that feels good. But uh, at a deeper level, it feels good to keep putting God first. And ultimately, it feels good to be in heaven. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Well, the, the thought that I had to this is something that I went through before I, we even began this cast was the I knew that obviously I was going to put time into it, not just for recording, but for editing, coming up with, with topics. And inherently that time would be taken away from my business. Mm-hmm. And my thought coming into it was, you know, that'll be okay. We'll make it work. But for some reason or another, it, it, it's exactly as you said, trying to use this as, as one of my outlets, um, putting God first. The second thing, you know, well, way lower than second is the business, but that is also one of the other things that that came up as well, is that it ended up working better and incredibly more efficiently. Um, so that's a, um, I guess that's an example, because I, I came into this fully expecting it to take a, a step back as I was putting less time inherently by giving more time towards towards the cast here and you know just as a as a first-hand example you know that's uh that's it right there so to go back to the first analogy we made in the beginning here of getting close to jesus as if he was a magnet bringing you closer and how us who are taken for granted are not you know we're, we're not showing up to church as much but we're not coming up and receiving, we're not drinking in his love, literally. We're not going up and taking the communion cup. So, you know, that is kind of, to bring it back full circle, something I'd like to address here is, as we conclude the cast. How do we take it in? Yeah, how do we take it in and mm-hmm. stop taking everything for granted? Yeah. Um, well, hopefully listening to this podcast is helping with that. I hope that our listeners get a little bit inspired to hear uh, the things that we're talking about and and that that becomes a point of self-reflection. I imagine that someone who's listening and devoting a little bit of attention to our podcast is going like, yeah, do I take it for granted? Have I allowed familiarity to breed contempt, to use that phrase? Um, you know, am I really serious about my faith? Am I growing in my faith? And an adage, uh, a proverb of the spiritual life is that if you're not making progress, you're falling back. There's no such thing as remaining the same. Remaining the same is falling back. Uh, And so we have to keep growing. And if we don't have a process for continued growth, if we're just doing maintenance on our spiritual life, it's a losing battle. We will not succeed at doing maintenance. If we are not growing, we will diminish uh, in the ways that we've been talking about in this podcast. So, So we need to have a plan for growth. And that that means really uh, continuing to read, having podcasts, hopefully like this one, uh, that we can grow from, learn some new things, that ongoing education and ongoing formation, having a regular life of prayer and, and being stretched in prayer. You know, there's kind of maintenance prayer. A lot of people tell me, well, I, you know, I say a little, shoot off a little prayer to God in the morning and then I just thank him at the end of the day. Great. That's maintenance prayer. Uh, don't give that up but it's not going to help you grow. You need to dedicate more time to prayer, dedicate more time to spiritual reading, dedicate more time to, to being in church, 
certainly go to the sacrament of confession. Dedicate time to reflecting on your sins and the areas that you need to grow in your life and then taking those to the Lord to receive his grace and confession. And, and then being serious about where you can offer sacrifice more generously, um, more self, selflessly. Uh, all of those things are part of, of growing in our spiritual life. And doing things, I love, you're a great example, Joe. I mean, I love the way that you're doing spiritual reading. You know, I, yeah, I read the fourth cup. I read this encyclical. I've been reading the things, you know, you recommend things and I pick them up and it's amazing, you know, and that's why your, your spiritual life, I think if you look back a couple of years, even I'm sure from our podcast, you can see the real growth that's taken place and you've appropriated so much uh, in your way of thinking and your attitude toward the world and your attitude toward your business, your, your marriage, you know, so you're, you're a great example of someone who hasn't just tried to do maintenance, but has really tried to grow. And then you can see that uh, taking hold, be, being having a tangible effect. And as you mentioned a little earlier, uh, the people you hang out with have an influence on you. And so that's where we need to see, we need to be honest about the balance in our lives of how many people am I hanging out with? How much time am I spending with negative people, with worldly people, with people who are not reinforcing my faith? Uh, there's a place for those people. Some of them, sometimes we're related to them, and mm -hmm. we really have to spend that time. It's a, it's a duty, a familial duty. But then am I spending enough time with people who are going to lift me up, who are going to challenge me, who are going to encourage me, support me in my faith, help me to grow? Um, we've got to be honest about that really take a look at our lives. Where's the balance there? Um, so anyway, just a few thoughts about how we can not grow stagnant, but keep moving forward and keep growing in faith. Perfect. Perfect. Well, well thank you everyone out there for listening. Thank you for doing the cast again today here, Father. And we hope that everyone has a great week and we'll be with you again next week.